Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Live across SEN, you're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Roots. Yes, good afternoon everyone. Two minutes past three. Welcome to the show. Kimbo and the Roots with you live from Studio Lumo here at number one King William Street in the city. We're back for our first show of 2023. Who would have thought? Plenty to talk about. We'd love you to get involved. The open line is 1300 736 736. Or you can send a cheeky text on 0427154166. Well, the big dog, the Rooch. Howdy, people! Rooch, here he is. Rooch, here he is. Hey. Rooch, shaka laka, shaka laka, shaka laka. He went off early with the musical introduction. Well, I was going on. to say the Do big the dog, the Rooch, is he's back in town after returning from Italy, a place he hadn't been for three years. Roach, how are you? Hello, Kim. Hello, everyone. Is it too late to say Happy New Year? It's no, our first you... opportunity to do it. So, yeah, Happy New Year. You it's... can do what you want, Roach. You, you always kindly. have, unless you changed over the holiday period. Well, uh, we all change, Kim. How, how have you changed? We get older and we get wiser. Really? I hope so. That's the theory. Is it? Yes, it yeah. is the theory. What, what wisdom have you gained in the last uh, three months? Or oh, you don't, want to, you don't want me to go philosophical, do you? Well, if it's something worthwhile, you can. No, no. It's not? Nothing great. No, no, no. no. Look, it was... I hadn't been on a plane for three years, Kim. And actually, I was impressed how easy it is to travel. Anyone who hasn't yep. travelled because of the COVID period, don't worry, the airports and all that, they're easy to get through. The planes are just like they were before. It's fantastic. But, um, gee, there's still still some things that need to be sorted out in general life over in Europe ever, ever since the COVID mm. hit. And I think my auntie said it best. You think things have changed here? It's not so much things have changed. People have changed. And don't cough when you're in a supermarket queue because everyone just disappears, Kim. They're still very sensitive very about much so. it over there. Yeah. Um, everyone's interested in your wealth, Roach, especially me. Seems you've yes. bequeathed part of your property in Italy to right. me. Yes. Um, how is the, uh, or how are the 20,000 hectares or whatever it is? Or is we, that not enough? We, we, and I'll stress we, Kim, you and I have a big decision to make with a bit of the forest. Oh, do we? Yep. We really do. Really? It's, oh, it's overgrown. <laughs> We've got to make a decision. What are we going to do? Well, we'll, we'll have a coffee afterwards. Right. And we'll chat about that. As I mentioned, we're live and interactive. There's a lot to talk about. There's a lot that's happened over the holiday period, Rich. Mm. Uh, having a look at today's show, though, at about 3.20... Alex Ross will join us. Now, that name's familiar to many because he played for the Redbacks and the Strikers with great distinction and currently with Sydney Thunder. He's at the Adelaide Oval. You've got some good news. South Australia, back-to-back wins for the first time since February 2020. So they've beaten the competition leader, Western Australia, by 164 runs. Daniel Drew, no surprise here, 208 unbeaten in the first innings, becomes man of the match. The Redbacks are third on the Shield table, Kim. Could we? Dare we dream it. Now, Victoria is second with 24.34 Shield points. Mm-hmm. 
South Australia is third with 23.47. They play each other starting on the 20th, so that's a week away, isn't it? Exactly a week yep. away, Monday week. <clears throat> South Australia wins against Victoria, goes three in a row. I can't remember the last time they won three in a row in no. Shield games. They'd be second on the Shield ladder. And whilst you've been away, and rightly so, prior to the last couple of matches, um, Jason Gillespie and the team in general and the whole Redbacks franchise, to tell the truth, has yep. been copping a little bit of heat, and rightly so, because it's been far too long that they've been performing poorly. So we all love Dizzy, so mm. let's hope. The results yeah, are the key here, aren't they? Things are now, turning around. We have been asking year after year which team would give us national pride in the summer. I know, and we'll get to that, Roach, once we go through all our guests, all right? You think that the thing there, they run down? You got it? Yeah, I've got it. <laughs> At... 3.30, I know you want to talk about the Giants. We'll get to it. 3.35, uh, we're heading over to India, Bharat Sundarasan. Well, isn't he making himself a star in India? Well, he is. He's the uh, world cricketing guru. Walks around the boundary and gets applauded. Mm. Good luck to him. <laughs> uh, that was an atrocious performance. Talk about second-guessing yourself and boxing shadows. Did they outsmart themselves, the Australian selectors? Omitting okay. the fourth best-ranked batsman in the world, Travis Head, from the side. Surely you don't flirt with form. Isn't the logic if you're scoring, you stay in the side? <clears throat> yep. If they're going to use that logic on hasn't had scores on the subcontinent before, well, be a few people be nervous about the Ashes Tour, wouldn't they? About their recent results in Ashes Tour. And tours. what do they do now? We're going to hear some really interesting grabs very shortly from mm. a number of uh, cricket geniuses, I could say. Michael Clark. People might disagree with that. Alan Boredom, the coach, Andrew McDonald. Mm. We'll hear from them shortly. But that's at around 3.35. Jacob Surgeon's going to join us after four roots. Uh, Runners-up last year in the Sanford Grand Final, losing by one point. Yeah, it's a tough way to lose. They've got three trial games, all the clubs do in the Sanford. That's more than the AFL. Yeah, well, they've probably got a bit more work trying to work out what their squads are going to look like towards the end. But it still comes back to the key point as to why the AFL went to this new system to get in an extra game in the home and away season and give less pre-season time to their AFL clubs. Mm. Hey, we're live and interactive. You can send us a text. There's a few coming through. I wasn't sure it was working. The last one here was 6.49 in the morning, Roach. I think I was on the wrong screen. Uh, Shano from North Haven says, Welcome back, boys. Thank what a you. nice surprise. Good to have you back. Thanks, Shano. It's been a uh, good break. Now, Roach, when I was over at York's at Port Vincent, I did lose a bet to a gentleman, I think it was called Matt, uh, on the Carlton game for a pint of beer, and he said he'd come over and collect it. Oh, did he? Yeah, I had about seven people say they were Matt. Oh, great. <laughs> so I don't know if I got the right one or not. Well, I did catch up with Ange for coffee before I left. Oh, did you? Yes. The original Ange from Croydon? Yes. Yeah, we had a very long coffee session. Mm, and uh, I bet the topic Croydon. of Ken Hinckley came up. I was probably one-eleventh of the conversation, Kim. Was it? Yeah. We went through a lot of things. For those that are just joining us, at the start of last season, Ange said that Port would not make the eight. Love his call now, what he, where he thinks Port will rank this year. Particularly Ange. when Ken Inkley's put it on the table. This is his best ever, strongest ever AFL squad. I can't keep up with the other outlandish statement, Roach, to win three flags in five years. What was that, two years ago? Still, Can it still happen? Well, there's life, there's hope. There's, well, hope there's three there's in life. a row now. Yeah. They could do it. All right. Thank you for that, uh, Shano. And not, also, at not saying they will do it, but they can do it. 
also at 4.30, Rooch. Um, Rory Laird will join us, dual club champion. Have a chat to him. He's an absolute tragic when it comes to the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, I wonder who he was going for today, the Eagles. Well, you would have been going for the Eagles because yeah, simply they were the Eagles. Eagles. Exactly. Kansas City Chief win two in four years. It was a thriller. It looked like it was going to go to extra time. Yep, and then there's what is regarded as a controversial holding call, and I'm looking at all the Twitter feeds and people are saying, no, that's the correct call. It's like you and I looked at it and thought, ooh, tough way to all of a sudden be losing a championship with mm. a what's called a hold, and player involved is putting his hand up saying, no, it's the right call. I held him. So Crack the two your... Aussies don't win no. on the Eagles side. Go on, crack your gag that you did before. Well, with Sipros, well, he probably carried the St Kilda story with him, didn't he? The you're, tragedy of St Kilda. You're an evil man, Roach. Well. Um, so all the big shows are back, Roach. Mm. Married at First Sight. Yes. Australian Idol. Yes. Survivor. How's that going? I don't Kimbo keep up the with Ridge. him. Survivor. Oh, I, I keep watched, up with Kimbo and the Rooch. I watched three episodes last night. Right. I'm five behind, so no spoilers. Are you doing search by demand or that sort of thing? Play at demand. You're not watching it live. Well, normally I would, but right. because I was away on Hollies, yes. I didn't get into it. So I watched okay. it last night, and I'm addicted. It's brilliant. Ready. Heroes and villains. I love it. Mm, okay. Another text coming through. Uh, welcome back. How good are the Redbacks, or were the Redbacks? Uh, glad SENSA has got Mark Bickley and David Wildey from 5AA. We'll be listening to SENSA a lot more this season. Matt from Engel Farm. Thank you, Matty. Yeah, we're pretty excited to have Bix. He's a very mm. good friend of ours. Starts tomorrow. Yeah, it starts tomorrow morning. So good tune luck, in. Along with Jared Walsh and uh, David Wildey, whom I've known for a lifetime. We played uh, junior footy against each other. He was uh, Walkerville. Very skinny man too. Yes. And uh, never really filled out, Roach. No, it still hasn't. Yeah, he was a gunful forward at North Adelaide in the juniors. What, what would his skinfold test been like if they had them in the day? Yeah, it never carries any None. excess weight exactly. whatsoever. But he was a gunful forward, then turned into a really good defender. Uh, mm. defender. So looking forward to calling with Wills. He's been calling ever since he stopped playing. So uh, we'll be doing that together along with Mark Bickley and Kane Corn. So all your Port Adelaide games and Crows games, you'll hear them on SEN. We need to take a break. We'll come back uh, with more of your texts and calls and there's a lot to talk about. We'll talk about the Giants. The first time in 43 years, Roach. National champs with the Claxton Shield. Well yeah. done. We didn't have them on the list. We didn't. The news, not so good for the 36ers and Lightning. That's coming up next. This is Kimba on the Roach. We're live from, where are we? Studio <laughs> Lumo. <laughs> Live across SEN, you're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Rooch. 3.17 on a Monday afternoon. Kimbo and The Rooch with you back for our first show of 2023. We're live and interactive. A few texts coming through on 0427-154-166. Just quickly, Rooch, this one says, Finally, normality returns to my afternoons. Welcome back, Rooch and Kim. That's from Damien. Thank you, Damien. Thank you, Damien. And this one here. Welcome back, fellas. Good to hear your voices again. Can you ask Rory Laird if he expects a few more tags this year? Matt from Woodville. Be interesting what the Adelaide midfield looks like full stop, doesn't it? Uh, More options in there, the less tagging goes on, doesn't it? You would think so. Sam Berry uh, really cutting up the track at the moment. Good. Had a couple of good chats to Lairdy over the summer. I think he's found love again, Roach. Shall we mention the name? Of the girl? No, Matt Crouch. 
Matt Crouch, yes. Well, we'll what are we we'll, hearing we'll, there? We'll bring it up. I, I didn't ask. Uh, oh. I, I was driving back from York's and uh, chatted to Laird for about uh, half an hour. Uh, they're really up and about at the moment, the Crows. Good. Um, the captaincy, Roach, uh, your, your paper, the advertiser. No, I don't work there, Kim. I haven't been there for years. For, well, a couple of years, Roach. You're very influential when you were there. They went the big headline, shock announcement. Really? I would have thought the shock announcement would have been if Rory Sloan remained captain. Yeah. So we knew from the middle of last year when Jordan Dawson was pushed up into the leadership group, they were clearly finding that he had leadership qualities in him yep. as a first-year player at the Adelaide Footy Club, not a first-year player in the league. Brings a lot from what he's learned at Sydney. I, I would have been shocked if Rory Sloan remained captain. Well, it was not a, that he, exactly. He's 30, that there was 32. A new he's had a year out. Yep. We know he's a quality human and yep. a great footballer. And he was still lead anyway, without the captaincy title anyway. Yep. Scott Camparelli, interesting to hear him on 7 News last night, saying that he's definitely in Adelaide's best 22 as a high half forward. So what does that forward six look, look like with Rory Sloan? Well, Who misses a, out? There's a lot of pressure on McAdam and Lockie Murphy. Rochelle's up there. And where does Miller go? Halfback, he had to, Roots. There's been common sense over the summer. I know I'm blowing my own trumpet here. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, what were they thinking last year? I'm not sure, Playing Kim. him in the first game. <laughs> not sure, Kim. <laughs> All right, I'll let that one go. Uh, another text coming through before we go to a break. Hey, boys, good to hear you back. It's interesting that Ro- what Roots said in regards to Ken Hinckley. I thought despite the statement about the best ever playing list, he was much less committed than previously when he then just stated Port would win more games than they did last year. For me, 7 and 12 for Port this year from Phil. 7, seven and 12. 12. What's no, happening? What's the, no, in the, what, do they fit in the 7 to 12 bracket? Oh, wins? 7 to 12, yes. Yep. Yeah. Well, this is the first year where he get 23 games. We don't know what the real cutoff is to make the eight, do we now? No, and we'll give our predictions a little closer to the season. Who are you starting? cursing this year? You did <laughs> over Carlton last year. Yeah, well, Sydney... Well. Sort Roach. of reversed you the year before. I know. I was I was right, though. <laughs> you were right. <laughs> hey, Gee, they've taken some hits with injuries in the preseason, too, the Blues, haven't yeah, they? Yeah, they have. Uh, with Sam Walsh as well. Mm. They won't be rushing him. Hey, uh, talking about the Crows, uh, coming up after us at 5 o'clock, Jared Healy and Kane Corns on Sports Day. Jordan Dawson and Ken Hinckley will both be on the show. Okay. So stay with lineup. us on SEN. Yeah, it's a, it's a great show. They cover all the big issues. We need to go to a break because we're going to cross to the Adelaide Oval, Reachy Roach Roach, and have a chat to Alex Ross. He's an absolute ripper. We'll get his views on how the Redbacks are travelling. Is it an illusion? Hope not. We'll find out shortly. Live across SEN, you're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Rooch. 3.26 on a Monday afternoon. Kimbo on The Rooch with you, live from Studio Lumo, right here at number one King William Street in the city. Beautiful Adelaide day at the moment. Just a reminder, coming up at 3.30, Bharat Sundarasan will be crossing live to India for a cricket update there. 4pm, Jacob Surgeon, the coach of the North Adelaide Footy Club, and uh, Adelaide Crow superstar Rory Laird mm. at 4.30. Looking forward to that chat. But right now, we're about to head down to the Adelaide Oval. Uh, the Redbacks needed eight wickets today to get outright victory over WA. Uh, um, they're finding a little bit of form to find out a little bit more. Let's head down there as we welcome former Redback, Adelaide striker, Brisbane Heat player, now with Sydney Thunder and part of the SEN cricket team. He's an absolute ripper, Alex Ross. Rossi, thank you for your time. 
Good, Jan. How you going? Yeah, good. Uh, good finish by the Redbacks. Is not an illusion? We've been teased for too long. You know a bit about this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to say it's a little bit more than an illusion. The boys played extremely well this game. They drove it from start to finish and, uh, and yeah, closed it out today in style. So, um, really good win and obviously back-to-back wins now in the Sheffield Shield puts them back in uh, contention on the table. So what's changed, Alex, from the team that, just like Kim said, we've had high hopes, continually become disappointed. Now they win for the first time back-to-back game since February 2020. What's changed in the past six weeks? Look, I don't know exactly what's probably changed. I mean, the, the team is still the same. I think, if anything, it's probably guys that are just starting to feel a little bit more comfortable in their position. Um, it's amazing what confidence does in cricket. And if you, if you feel safe within your spot and your role, the chances of you performing go up absolutely exponentially. You talk about feeling safe. There's been mumblings and murmurs about the coach, Dizzy Gillespie. Do you think he's safe? Well, I think from, uh, from what I know, he's already signed a couple of extra years. So, um, and only, only a short while ago. Uh, so it'd be a brave man to, uh, to cut him straight after that. Um, but I think, you know, it's, it's more about trying to build um, something that's going to be sustainable for South Australia. It's probably what's been hard over the last few years and, and that desperation to continue winning. Um, it's just seen so many changes in the side. So I like the fact they're sticking with players yep. um, and those players obviously rewarding that now with, uh, with performances. Rossi, I mentioned before you've, you've spent a lot of time in Adelaide. What do you think the problem has been for Adelaide's, I, I for the Redbacks? I think I've spoken, yeah, I, I think I've spoken a little bit before about just the desperation and then a lot of the time the best decisions aren't made when you're desperate. You know, desperate to win, um, you then make a selection call that you might not think's right or whatever it might be. But it's always for the good. Everyone always wants to do well, but when you're desperate, it just it, you want everything to happen that little bit quicker than maybe potentially what it actually takes. Alex, talk to us about the bowling lineup when it takes 20 wickets against the competition leader in Western Australia. Who stood out for you yeah. in the four days you were there at Adelaide Oval? Oh, Wes Agar and Nathan McAndrew were absolutely amazing. Um, I'll I'll keep uh, Brendan Doggett. Um, privacy intact, but he this will be his last game for the season. Um, I'm sure the Redbacks will come out with a statement at some point. So um, that's the last we'll see of Brendan Doggett. So they'll have to have someone come in and step up. Obviously, Jordan Buckingham played most of the front half of the season. Um, and he'll be back after breaking a finger in Perth a few games ago. So, um, yeah, the bowling attack was incredible. Those guys, um, Wes and Nathan McAndrew, they really just smacked the length and they got everything out of that Adelaide over wicket. And as you said, 20 wickets out there was pretty damn impressive. All right, there's a few matches to go. South Australia take on Victoria. We've got the 3.30 news coming up, but uh, we want to pick your brains. You talk about the pressure of making selections. Uh, if you were the Australian, uh, an Australian selector, mm. what would be your lineup for the second test for Australia taking on India? And would you have Travis Head in there? Yeah, Travis got to play for mine. Um, I, I can understand and I can see how that selection happens. You know, it would have been a few guys in a room and, and just sort of snowballed into him missing out. Um, there was a lot of little little pieces that didn't go his way, but I have to see him playing. And I think the confidence that he's got from this summer, um, hopefully he's still got that intact. And this is going to be the time that he does perform in India if he's ever going to do so. So I like to pick him and uh, I think he bats at that number five spot. All right. Who's in? Who's out? Is it just Renshaw out? Yeah, it's probably straight swap if that's what you're worried about as the left-hander. Um, they've obviously picked the right-handed Hanscom, who generally is a pretty good player of spin. Um, and, yeah, I'd see it as a straight swap. I like Travis Bowling, too, to be perfectly yep. honest over there. He bowls those doorknob spinners 
um, that generally, you know, we see Ashwin bowling over there, um, and then they can beat both halves, both sides of the bat. That's what we saw Todd Murphy do so well as well, which uh, is also maybe the reason that uh, Kuhneman's gone over. Okay, mm. uh, Alex, just quickly, uh, Channel 9 were reporting a few hours ago that they believe that yep. uh, Head will come into the side at the expense of David Warner. Would you drop him? I just don't know if I'd change the lineup that dramatically after mm. one test um, and, and change the balance of all of that. Uh, I think Davey's such a great player. He's got a really good record in India. That was obviously a really tough wicket, but I'd like to see him go out and, and really take it to the bowlers. Um, I think Davey should play. Alex, really appreciate your time. You're doing a wonderful job on SEN, just repeating the Redbacks with an outright victory over WA, and they're sitting in third position on the ladder. Who would have thought? Good on you, Rossi. We hope to chat to you again over the summer. Cheers, guys. Have a good one. Alex Ross, he's a ripper. And while on Australia's tour of India... The third test, Kim, has been moved from Dharamasala and is going to indoor. Now, I stress indoor, not indoors. Mm. Indoor, the city in the central west of India, will now have the third of the four tests. How many test matches would have they had there? Well, I'd have to look it up. Barat would be able to tell us off top there. So he knows a city of two million in the central west of India. They now get the third test. One of their smaller cities, Roach. Well... Yeah, two million would be small, wouldn't it? Hey, it's 3.32. We're late for the 3 o'clock news. Bharat Sundarasan, world cricket guru, coming up next. Live across SEN, you're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Roots. 3.36 on a Monday afternoon. Appreciate your company. We're live and interactive. one 736 736 If you'd like to have a chat, give your views on any matters sport, or you can send a text on 0427-154-166. We're just waiting to go to India. We've spoken to Bharat Sundarasan. Well, Bumfluff Benny has. Happy New Year to Bumfluff. Doesn't he look a treat at the moment? Absolutely. He's all loved up too, young Benny. Really? Yes, yes. He's oh. found love over the summer period. Really? Yeah, going strongly. It was happening just before so Christmas. So you going to give him the same hard time you gave Rory Laird about engagement rings and Definitely, dates and definitely. All well, I think... Um, shaking his head. I think Rory's tracking nicely at the moment as well with a new love. So we'll get to that at... Uh, when's that? 4.30. We tackle all the big issues, Roach. Mm, okay. <laughs> hey, text coming through. Barat's just caught in a little bit of traffic, so we'll have him He's in... in Delhi. Yeah, three or four minutes. Hmm. As you would know, Roach, there's traffic everywhere there. Oh, yes. Yes, intense traffic. What's the population of Delhi? Oh, I've lost count. Isn't India now the most populous nation in the world as well? Wouldn't argue with that. Hey, your text has come through from Steve from Seaton. We were just talking to Alex Ross. He says, afternoon legends. Gee, a bit of mayo on that. Um, ask Rossi if Spencer Johnson could replace Doggett. Unfortunately, we didn't see that text in time, but we'll chase that up for you. Um, here's another one. Welcome back. Boys, welcome back. I'm relieved to hear your voices again. With regards to Bix, who I respect because he gives a balanced view of both clubs, who will be his usual partner? I'm hoping it's a port person, basically because I'm a port person. Well, his regular and co-host will be Jared Walsh, who mm. does all the ground announcing and who is a port tragic. Yes, isn't indeed. he? Port yeah, Adelaide yeah. through and through. Yep. So plenty of balance on SEN, Lindsay. Well, we think, anyway. Uh, yeah, just quickly, Roach, while we're waiting, selection was a massive issue for the Australian cricket side when Travis Head, who is ranked the fourth best batsman in the world at the moment, was omitted. This is what Alan Border, 
former Australian captain, had to say after the loss to India? Yeah, these guys, um, you know, played so well during the Australian summer. Same blokes that we just, we, you know, saw play you know, terribly today in particular. But, um, yeah, you've got to sort of, um, you know, can't panic too much. I just think that they got a, a few of the selections just wrong. wrong. Yep. Travis Head should have been there. What position, I'm not 100% sure about, you know, high up the order yep. or down the order. But, um, you know, that, there's one mistake I think they made. So they'll just have, have a bit of a rethink. Don't panic too much. But, um, yeah, I'll be, I'll be going in with a harder edge for sure. All righty. So he's a bit similar to Alex Ross, who was just on. He said head in, Renshaw out. Okay. No pressure on Renshaw, was there? No. To come in under those circumstances. No, no particularly when it didn't start well. Oh, golden <laughs> duck. Gosh. <laughs> hey, Ooh. Michael Clark, another former Australian captain. He, he had, uh, I don't know if you heard about what he Yes, did. I saw oh, the you video. Did. You saw Whoa. the video over in Italy. Yes. Uh, It's interesting how that Channel 9 personality seems to be in the middle of all these issues year after year, doesn't it? You cannot blame Carlos for that. No, but he seems to be caught up in every drama year by year, doesn't he? Well, he gets out and about a little bit. Clearly. Talking about hanging with high-profile people, did you you have another coffee with Sophia Loren? Uh, We were in close proximity at a very sad moment because Gina Lola Brigida, who was one of those great stars with Sophia Loren through that... Hollywood Chinichita mm. era in films uh, died while I was there. So that was a rather sad moment. And uh, Sophia's uh, tribute to Gina was quite moving, actually. Yeah, mm. uh, yeah big loss. Uh, yep. Two superstars there. So basically mm. that's no, you didn't catch up for another coffee. No, but we were in close proximity. Okay. Has there been any contact ever since that one coffee no, you had? No, nothing. Since You've dined out on yes. that one for a while. Well, why Rich? not? You would. Yeah, it's about like me knocking back Earl McPherson. Yes. All right, let's move on. To, uh, <laughs> let's move on to uh, Michael Clark. This is what he had to say about Australia's loss. Uh, the players have got to take, you know, take some criticism for their performance, but I think it, it started before a ball was bowled. To be honest, our selections, I still can't understand the no Travis Head. I don't know what they do now in... I think that, well, it's a no-brainer. They have to bring him back, but it looks... They look very silly. You know, what are they going to do? Drop Renshaw and bring him back? It sounds like Cameron Green's still not going to be fit. Sounds like Hazelwood's still not going to be fit. And they're hopeful of Mitchell Stark. And Starkey's record in India is not fantastic anyway. So, um, yeah. uh, Tough start for them, no doubt about it. India were very good. But um, we had the best of the conditions. We won the toss. We batted first. Didn't make anywhere near enough runs in the best part of the uh, using using those conditions. Um, and then our second innings, well, whew, you know, all of our concerns, how we start against spin bowling, was was very clear. So, do the Australian selectors dig their heels in, like Clarkey, what he said then? It'd be embarrassing to bring head straight back in after a poor decision. Do they back their judgment? and go again with Renshaw? Do they be stubborn? Too bad decisions don't work. Mm. Just admit the error and move on to the right decision. Sure, I would have thought that's so. their job. That's uh, their responsibility. We did have Bharat Sundarasan listening then. Uh, I was going to get his views on that comment. And his then phone the, crashed. Yeah, the phone box just crashed out. Mm. So we'll try and get back to him in Delhi. Uh <laughs> Um, we've got someone here. Oh, this is Mario. Mario from Maslin's Beach. He would have tanned up nicely over the summer break, sure I would say. He said, welcome back to you two Hall of Shamers. Oh, <laughs> that's a good line. And uh, could be borrowed yeah. again and again. Yeah, then he went on to knock the opposition. So I won't read that one out. Okay. We, lo- we like to be uh, friendly. 
uh, Mario, the oh, another one down here I miss. The combined IQ of the Aussie men's cricket team is 91. Ooh. Yeah, that's the second... Not complimentary. That was the second lowest score against India, wasn't it? I reckon what we'll do... I'm just having a look at Bumfluff Benny. He's disappeared. Is he still out there? No, he's trying no, he's to get there. Brad on the um, phone. We might go to a break, Benny. I think that'd be the oh, wise no, thing to he's, do. He's got him on dial now. Maybe Does this he? will work. Oh, he's shaking he's his connecting head. Connecting up and repeating that third test against India will no longer be played at uh, Darara Sama, but now going to indoor. Not indoors, but indoor. So there's a change there, and we're seeing if what have we got? Yeah, we've got Barat on the line now. Here All we right. go. Uh, beautifully padded there, Reach. Uh, he's not in Delhi. We'll find out where he is. Barat Sundarasan, the man known as the Dave Grohl lookalike, also world cricket guru, and also known as the Net Whisperer. Ooh. I hear Barat joins us now. How are you, big man? Oh, very good, guys. Uh, very good afternoon to you. Hope. Uh, Adelaide's treating you well. I am missing Adelaide already, but right now I am in sunny Nagpur on what should ideally have been day five of this test match, yes, but instead yeah. we have the Aussies in for uh, an optional training session. So where I can, where I am, I can see Peter Hanscom's having a net against spin for now. I'm sure some of the other players are here as well on the other side of the ground. Now, we were on leave, and your name was coming up everywhere I looked. In all the media forums, you were making world headlines because you were first to pick up how they, were, how they doctored the pitch. Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't use the word doctored already for having posted those pictures just because I was around at the stadium. I was talking about the interesting preparation I've been um, I've been referred to as anti-Indian. I've been asked to uh, go back to where I came from, which oh. kind of makes it interesting, considering I do come from India originally. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and uh, no, no, it, it, it's been an interesting um, few days. Even a couple of the Indian players who I know really well uh, took took a couple of pot shots at me, but all, all in jest. Mm. Uh, I basically said, look, if anything, I've uh, uh, you know because some sections of uh, Indian society is also. Felt like I, I'm Asian Bharat. I, I intentionally posted those pictures to get under the, uh, or you know, put doubts in the Aussies' minds, which I did not. But now nah, it was just, it was uh, been an interesting week to say the least. Now you sound like you're backpedalling. If they didn't doctor it, what was it then? And every nation does it to suit their bowlers. What was it then if it wasn't doctoring the pitch? Ah, uh, I mean, like doctor. I, I believe the word doctoring can be used if. Something's under the pitch after the game's begun. Uh, I think this is just uh, what we call uh, in our part of the world, uh, you know, the, the watering. If you they make sure that only certain parts of the ground pitch is watered, so that uh, uh, the areas, uh, you know, the rough areas as they call, stay dry, and those parts of the pitch start deteriorating faster than, than other parts. Uh, but uh, as we saw, eventually. The pitch did, I mean, there was a lot of turn on offer, but it, it wasn't a diabolical pitch like everybody was expecting it to be. Uh, and I think it played pretty fair, except the fact that, uh, you know, maybe the Australians uh, just weren't good enough in that second innings against Ashwin and Jadega. Barat, when do we deal with this issue in the immediate terms rather than worrying about finding nations afterwards, as happened at the Gabba with that horrendous pitch that led to a two-day mm. test match? When mm. are we actually going to have... I know it's a toothless tiger, the ICC, but what are we going to get serious to the point whereby we now have neutral umpires with test matches? We've dealt with that issue by getting neutral umpires. When do we actually get a curator panel that actually makes sure that every pitch for an international test cricket match is designed 
to have a fair test match across five days. So when you say fair, you mean that suits bowlers and batters? Yeah, it's, it's true to test yeah. cricket rather than true to one of the teams. Mm. Uh, it's a good point. I mean, the onus is on the ICC. And till the time the ICC uh, you know, has, a, has a fixed mandate that, that even, even if it's uh, like, it, like pitches in India should should have done. Like pitches in England or uh, conditions in England should favour swing bowling. Mm. The mm. conditions in Australia should favour team bowling early on. Uh, mm. But, I mean, if the ICC is very serious, they, they can have a mandate where at least they might have someone, like an ICC curator at every test venue, just uh, kind of overlooking the preparation yeah. of the pitch and giving giving it the go-ahead. Maybe something like that could come into place. Uh, but but till that happens, I'm I'm sure teams will play to their home advantage. Like you're right, like we saw at the Gabba, and uh, now we've seen here, and I think we'll continue to see uh, during the rest of this series. Uh, as South Australians, we were shocked that Travis Head was omitted. I think many Australians were miffed by the fact he what didn't play. Uh, your views on that, and what changes would you make for the second test? Uh, no, I was as surprised as uh, you guys were because I was in Bangalore for that uh, preparatory camp and it looked very certain that uh, Travis Head would play. You know, he's still ranked number four in the ICC test rankings. Uh, but I think I think what went against him was just him being a left-hander. Uh, you know, Australia felt that they had to, you know, their hand was forced. They needed to uh, break up the, the mix of all those left-handers and bring in a right-hander in Peter Hanscom. Uh, and it was basically between Renshaw and Head. And, uh, you know, Renshaw, the way he's been batting against Finn in the last few years, uh, maybe he just, just got the nod ahead of uh, Travis Head, which, again, like I said, I was very surprised by. And I did feel for Travis. Uh, I you know, spotted him looking rather disappointed and understandably so uh, in the lead-up to the test, uh, in the morning of the test, especially. Uh, in terms of what changes they can make for Delhi, because Stark, I think, is training in Delhi today. He landed last night. Uh, so if he's fit, you'd think Stark comes in for bowling. But with the batting lineup, uh, with Cam Green still not fit uh, to play, even as just a batter, I don't see them being able to make too many chances. I mean, it'd be unfair to give Renshaw or Hanskin just one test and then move on from them, uh, which basically means they might have to uh, stick to the same uh, top six unless they want to play five bowlers, which is unlikely. So mm, is there any truth to the story? If he hadn't broke the news on the pitch, Travis Head would have played. <laughs> oh, I've been feeling really bad about that. <laughs> it was you. I have heard that. You. I have heard. <laughs> it was me. It was me. I know. I uh, uh, took one mighty South Australian to let down another mighty South Australian. <laughs> now, look, maybe, maybe uh, it's, I mean, even my pictures aside, uh, the Australians got a fair look at the pitch uh, on both days leading into the test. Uh, and it was pretty obvious, uh, uh, you know, where the rough spots were. So uh, it could well have played played, played a role. And, uh, and the Australian management agreed as well, accepted as well. It did play a role eventually in bringing in Hanscom. Brad, is it a simple answer that the cricket calendar is so crammed that again and again you just keep looking at test nations when they tour they have horrendously poor lead-ins to a test series. Short, probably incomplete, and then not surprising that they generally lose. Did the Australians get it wrong, their lead-up to India? Uh, I mean, I, I don't think so, you know. I mean, there was a lot of talk of like them not playing a warm-up game, but yep. most, most countries of the big nations don't do that. At least the countries you can afford, like India, England, Australia, they prefer to instead 
have a camp like the one Australia had, where you're more in control of the conditions you have, or more in control of what you want to get out of these practice sessions. Mm-hmm. And, and I thought Australia got it right. I, like, that's one of the reasons I flew to Bangalore to mm-hmm. see what they were up to. And I thought they got everything uh, right in terms of pre- preparation and planning. But then, then there is a reality check of playing Test cricket in India. Exactly. It's a very different beast to Test cricket anywhere else. Um, and that is exactly the reason why India don't lose much at home. Like the pitches play a part, but it's only a part. There's so much more to it. Uh, it, it it's like I said, I mean, <laughs> Ashwin and Jadeja, and just even the even the Indian batting. Uh, you know, it, it, it's it's just really really difficult to win in India. And it, Australia aren't the first team to get this kind of reality check. But what I was impressed by, I have to say, at the end of this test is. Australia don't seem to be panicking yet. They realize it's a long series. They've seen what India can do on Australian soil, come back from 36 all out and mm. you know, win a series. So I, I, that, that's a good sign for me. Uh, because I have seen teams come here and be scarred, look shell-shocked after a defeat like the one in Nagpur. Uh, but it, it look, it's good to see the Australians still very confident and uh, very eager to stick to their plans. Uh, we look forward to chatting to you again during the uh, second test. One quick one before we let you go. Who are you barracking for, Australia or India? <laughs> oh, wow, the West Indies. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I've always had one theory, uh, gentlemen, ever since I started covering cricket 15, 15 years ago. I barrack for the team that finishes the match early so that I can get to my wife as early as I can. <laughs> well done. Well done <laughs> with, a, with, a, with a flat yes, straight bat, well that one. Hey, good on you, Barat. We love talking to you <laughs> after you sabotaged Australia's chances in the first test. We'll speak to you next week. <laughs> <laughs> we might not get in there. <laughs> wow. I, I, are you asking me to go back to where I came from? Because I no, no, no. <laughs> no, that would be Adelaide. We love you. You know that. <laughs> exactly. No wood. I can't wait. <laughs> Thank you so much, guys. Good That's on you, great. Barat. He's an absolute uh, ripper. And he has got a following around the world. Does he ever? What about the way in which he's received when he walks around the boundary in India? <laughs> it's, like, it's like you at Albert and Oval, Rich. Uh, well, from what I've just learned from Barat there, it might not be. <laughs> or maybe it is. All right. Uh, we're live and interactive. Send us a text on 0427 154 Jacob Surgeon coming up after four. Rory Laird at 4.30. This mm. is Kimbo on the Reach. Live across SEN, you're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Rooch. Four on a Monday afternoon, beautiful day outside. Hope you're having a great Monday. It's our first show back for 2023. It's been a bit of fun, Rooch, getting a lot of texts coming through already. This one says, stop sucking up to Malcolm Blight. His oh, head is big enough already. That's harsh. Yeah, that was Mario from Maslin. I'm sure that's tongue-in-cheek. Good on you, Mario. Uh, at 4.30, we'll have a chat to Rory Laird. Uh, new love in his life, Rooch. Really? Yes, yes. Benny tracked it down on social media. I'm not on Instagram. Right. Little Eddie batting well above. Well done, Looking Rory. forward to chatting to our next guest. The sample gets underway. Gee, we're not too many days away. They've got three trial games coming up. Their coach is an absolute ripper. We've got him on babysitting duties at the moment, I think. So there could be a bit of background noise, Rooch, but that'll add oh. to the fun. Jacob Surgeon joins us. Hello, Serge. Yep. Hey guys, thanks for having me on the show. And um, not all um, not all superheroes wear capes, fellas. Just remember that whilst <laughs> I've got the kids in the car. Okay. Now take so us through. Fingers the... crossed. You've got three. Take us through them. 
Yeah, I've got three. I've got Xander and Anthony, who are the twin boys. Uh, they're seven. They'll be eight in um, in November. And I've got my little girl, Laria. She's four. So I just picked them up from school for the day. And um, on my way to the Roosters, they'll spend a couple an hour or so with me there and have a kick around with the boys and have a bit of fun before my wife picks them up. So all good. Uh, t- take us through Take us through the names. Uh, where, where did they come from? Yep, no, Xander, so Xander was just, um, I remember watching a movie and I thought, oh, that's pretty cool, don't mind that. And so, <laughs> so we put we put that one on the list and um, I always loved um, Anthony, um, even growing up as a kid. And um, I reckon Ilaria, uh, my wife, was watching fashion TV one day in Italy and one of the models was Ilaria and Bang. the rest is history. All right, let's jump into it. Beautiful names. <laughs> we spoke to you before we went on leave and we've spoken to you a few times since that well, it was one of the more incredible grand finals in the sample, that one-point loss. You've picked up Sam Mays and Jesse White. How's the pre-season been? No, oh, pre-season's been great. Obviously, Mays is coming into a role at the footy club where he's working for us, working in our, um, with our junior development role. Um, basically, this, a very similar role to what I was doing with Kari, um, but my part of my job was to coach where part of his job is to play. So um, we're very fortunate to have such an incredible individual who's got such a... He's such a professional, and and the way he trains, and the way he um, he goes about his not just his football, but his life in general. And um, he's been a huge asset uh, for our club. And and Jesse's been amazing as well. Like I said in the show previously, um, he's a little bit older, but he's just got that great football smarts and awareness um, and maturity um, that uh, that comes obviously with with his age. But um, he's he's a bit of a pro. He's just a a genuine footballer who understands the game, and um, yeah, no, very lucky to um, to have Jesse Jesse on board with us this year. So it's um, it's been really fun, enjoyable. Obviously, we lost Reva to the Glenelg job, which was um, which was uh, pretty exciting for me, to be honest. Um, it just shows that we're doing something really um, um, really good here in regards of our development of coaches. That you know, a, a guy who's um, had probably a bit of a different. Um, uh, a different road to a senior coach. You know, didn't play much SNFL or no AFL or anything like that, but he's just worked at his craft and um, he was given the opportunity, obviously, to coach Glen Elk and I'm absolutely thrilled for him. So um, really pumped, really pumped for him to get that opportunity. But, um, you know, with uh, when Reva left, we had to look for some coaches and we got our... Um, our 2018 Premiership player, Mitch Crisby, back, who's got a teaching background, who was pretty keen to do the role. So uh, very lucky that he wanted to come back in and, and, and be involved in the club. So it's um, it's been a good off-season. It's been a good summer. Jake, one of the big off-season news items was where your wife, your lovely wife, joins the West Adelaide Footy Club. So we're worrying about the rivalry <laughs> between North Adelaide and West Adelaide. How did you feel when the Sanford did the official Sanford home and away draw and you come up against Westies first up? Yeah, I know, I know. So it's it's going to be interesting that first week, not talking to each other and probably moving out of home. But right. uh, <laughs> no, nah, it is what it is. She's doing a great job at Westies. I know the guys; they really love what she's bringing. Um, she brings a different expertise, um, so she's going to be really valuable to that club. Serge, you got three uh, pre-season trial games uh, starting on March the fourth, then March the eleventh, March the eighteenth against the Eagles, South Adelaide, and Port Adelaide. All at Debbie Oval. Is that because of cricket commitments at Prospect? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Basically, um, and I'm not sure what's probably going on at the other ovals, um, but Thebburn's obviously a fantastic facility to use. We're really lucky to use it. Um, we obviously all know that the Crows will be taking over that um, in the next few years, so. We're trying to get some footy, some footy done in there, and um, 
yeah, it's been um, it's it's exciting for us. You know, Woodville. Uh, you know, the premiers over the last couple of years have been really good, and um, and uh, and South obviously recruited really well with a lot of their guys that they got in there. And um, I'm actually looking forward to playing Port Adelaide. You know, I've, uh, I was I was having dinner with Kari uh, last night, and he's really impressed with some of the young guys that they they've picked up. So. So, Jay, yeah, no, exciting. Jay, have you got a lot of questions in your mind about what your lineup looks like that will be answered in those three trial games? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the first sort of trial game, we're going to give some opportunities to the younger guys who have played, um, had a really significant role in the preseason and, and really improved. And then um, the next two trial games, we're basically going to go full strength and, and have a look at um, have a look at what Jesse looks like forward in, in through the ruck and um, and Mitch Harvey a little bit more forward. So we feel like we've got a really dynamic forward line. You know, Keenan Ramsey, uh, who's 195 centimetres, but then you've got Jesse at 197, Dyson mm. Hilda's 197, and, and Harves is 197 as well. So we've got a lot of size down there. So we want to try to exploit that for as much as we can, but then also we want to make sure that we've got um, the speed of leg, which has a, a, been a big strength of ours and can, will continue to be a big strength of ours. We've got to make sure we get those guys in the right position to hopefully it's a, either crumb off those guys and kick some goals or put some pressure when the ball hits the floor. Hey, Serge, just quickly, uh, the kids are being very well behaved for seven-year-olds and a four-year-old. Um, you've got a one... Are, yeah. oh, there's, no. hey, there's, lollies, there's lollies on the line of this, <laughs> on the end of this, so you know, if they, if they behave themselves... And, and, you know, which they are at the moment. Um, there's going to be some pythons from Wooney, the boot stutter at the club here. So they've been on their best behaviour thus far. They have been absolutely brilliant. They haven't said boo. <laughs> so we won't hold you up for too long, but you've got a new redevelopment there worth $1.5 million. It gives you a new gym and function centre, but it also gives you um, the women's team a new change room facilities. They kick off their season on Friday night, this Friday, 7.30 at Norwood Oval against Norwood. That must be very exciting for the club. It, it makes the club, you know... Well, really complete. Yeah, it does, and a lot, a lot of credit's got to go to our old CEO Greg Edwards. He was um, he was a guy pushing this along pretty hard, and, and along with our um, our former president Andrew Suda, we've obviously just had our AGM, and um, Andrew was our president, but he's he's stepping away just due to some work commitments and things like that, and he's a real architect of getting this whole show um, up and going. Um, we all know that female sports is not just in football, but in in, in general sports is really taken off across the country. Um, so we've got to be, um, we've got to make sure that we plan for those sort of things. And they've been planning out, you know, for six, seven, eight years now to relocate the gymnasium to our function room and the function room to our gymnasium. And, and they basically built the female change rooms there. And the girls are very lucky. They've got an outstanding, outstanding facility down there. Um, and we're very lucky to have our, our new, our new function area, which is called the pavilion. You can get in there between seven, Seven and eleven most mornings, and get a coffee. Um, sometimes you'll get the senior coach down there making some coffees for your punter. So, um, okay. yeah, it's, um, it's it's a bit of fun. So, um, no, it's it's been a fantastic facility. We're very lucky to be able to get the resources and and the money from the state government at the time. Right. So are you, any, are you any good? Thanks. Are you any good with designs on a cappuccino? Yeah. So the first my first barista course that we did that Craig put all us through, um, I sort of made a, a an off looking dragon. Um, so it was quite, it was no love heart like they usually do. Um, mine was a dragon, so, um, no good at all. I'm just good at making the coffee. Okay. Well, you know how okay. Reach operates. His eyebrows nearly jumped off his forehead at the thought of getting a free coffee. So he'll be down there on a regular well, basis, I'd imagine. He is, he is Italian and I know Italians <laughs> like Croats. We love our, um, 
We love our coffee, especially our short black. So I make a mean short black down here. So you're more than happy to come down any time, Rooch, and I'll show you a coffee. Oh, oh, beautiful. Hey, good luck to the girls on Friday. If people are looking for something to do, go down and support your club. North Adelaide take on Norwood in the Sandful W at Norwood Oval at 7.30. Uh, North Adelaide's first trial game is on March the 4th. Uh, time to be advised on that one. They take on the Eagles at Thebby Oval. Get in touch with the club. Serge, we look forward to chatting to you throughout the season. And uh, well done to Xander. Xander, Anthony, and Alaria for being so well behaved. Indeed. Go on, <laughs> <laughs> he had that one all planned. Perfect. Good on you, sir. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> okay, thanks, guys. Now, now they're talking all the time. No, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on the show. Thanks, Jacob. Oh, good on you, Serge. And a text has just come through. Serge uh, should be a life member at Port. Um, what's the qualifications, Rich? Need to go to a break, but. Ten years as a player, but he add on some of his work as a development coach. It should all add up. All right, yeah. we'll get on top of that, and we'll uh, we'll Have answer that question on the other side of the break. This is Kimba on the Roots. Just a reminder: Rory Laird coming up after four thirty. Live across SEN, you're listening to the Run Home with Kimbo and the Roots. Twenty on a Monday afternoon. We're live from Studio Lumo SA, right here at Number One King William Street in the city. Just a reminder: coming up after four thirty, Rory Laird. Uh, never enjoyable when we have to do this route, but there's some sad news just coming out of the Woodville West Torrens Football Club. Indeed, one of the South Australian Football Hall of Fame greats, Barry Barbary, who added a, a great record in South Australian football, not just mm. in the Sanford, but also in country, where he played 221 games, 155 with North, 66 with Woodville, a career that in between he went to the bush, so to speak. It wasn't just Lockie Neal that made Kybie Bolight you know, famous. That was where Barry Barbary also played for a couple of years. 1960 McGarry Medal, member of that famous 1963 state team that beat the Vicks on the MCG, mm. also coached Woodville for a couple of years in the early 70s. And sadly, we've lost him at the age of 84, but we will remember him for being one of the most... Oh, he was just powerful footballer, Kim. Yeah. Powerful. A damn good bloke too. Enjoyed yep. his sherbet. Uh, got to meet him on several occasions. So our, our thoughts and prayers and strength go out mm. to the Barbary family and his daughter, Danielle. Um, yeah, very, very sad news. It'd be nice if we all could live forever, wouldn't it, Roach? Yeah, but, gee, but the memories will live forever, that's for sure. And he had a record solid... in South Australian football certainly will live forever. Yeah, he was a, he was a uh, tough nut, no question of that. Yeah, hey, just a reminder, coming up after our show at uh, 5 o'clock, Sports Day with Jared Healy and Kane Corns, uh, they'll have Jordan Dawson on, the new captain of the Adelaide Crows, and Kenny Hinckley as well. So we'll be tuning in for that, Roach. Looking mm, forward indeed. to it. Uh, Rory Laird coming up at 4.30. Um, Do you agree with Kenningley? This is the strongest squad he's had in his decade at Port Adelaide? Uh, face value off the top of my head, I would. still think it's... You tell me who's not, better. Wow, that's the point. He's Butters and Rosie support that argument, I believe. And Dan Houston, his improvement. The, yeah. back, the back six is back still six the, is the question, the question mark. Hmm. I'm trying to think if you'd if you had a Chad Corn, If you up. had a Chad Corns back there, oh, yeah. it would be no question it yeah, would be. Yeah, that would make it a lot lot more confident yeah, I, to look into the season. I, I think so. Um, if Charlie stays fit, Orazio, there's a question mark. But I think on paper, 
mm. I think that's a, a fair call. I'm sure people will disagree, Rooch. And of all the news over the summer, that was just horrible to read that Jeremy Finlayson's partner, she yes. again is having that, well, having that issue with cancer. That was the worst story to read over the summer. I know, and uh, we touched on it last year. A lot of people weren't aware of what was going mm. on, especially when he was dropped after the first two games. Uh, 11 or 12 touches in both games. I thought he's unlucky to be yeah. dropped, but, gee, he had a good season. He was a, he's was he been a good recruit, so we wish him and his family all the very mm, best indeed. as well. Uh, quick text coming through here. Welcome back, boys. Just letting you know that it's 33 more sleeps till we are back at the Portress. Uh, Roach, let's go. That's from Annie. Yes, Adelaide's got a big season ahead, hasn't it? And the expectations continue to rise, particularly after what happened last year. I know. Get off and to a bad start. You look at the first five games, there's Ooh. no there's no easy ones, Roach. No, there aren't. <laughs> there is not. <laughs> All right, it's 4.22. It's 4.23. In fact, we need to go to a break. Uh, if you'd like to get involved, send a text. 0427154166. We have some big announcements coming up in the next few weeks, Roach, in regards to who's coming on the show uh, regularly. So we'll get to those very shortly. Okay, look now, we're looking to hearing forward these. to these. Live across SEN, you're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Roots. We appreciate your company approaching the 4.30 news. After the news, Rory Laird, the little fella, will join us, the dual Malcolm Blight medalist. How's his pre-season going? He's loving it. Good. Yeah, he said he's had, uh, fingers crossed, uninterrupted. Well done. Yep. And they've got Not everyone's been uninterrupted no. this pre-season. They have All a very the healthy list at the moment. Good. Bit of news out of Richmond. Jason Castagna, who's had... Some issues for some time now has more hamstring issues. Mm. They're being it's being described as a medium term injury that will cost him the start of the season. So don't put him in your fantasy teams for round one. But that's not a good way to you know, when you're looking to cement your place in the side where Richmond's attack's gonna be interesting this year. Particularly with Trent Cotchin lined up for more time in the forward six for Richmond. Should well, be interesting. For his penetrating kicks. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of sarcasm there. Right. Okay. Uh, he's okay. been an absolute beauty. A few texts coming through. Yeah, not good. Not good for any player, Rich. No. We all understand how important a preseason is. Some people underestimate how crucial it is, but if Need you, that base. Oh, you do. You do. You're chasing your backside otherwise. Mm. Um, here's one, Rich. Not sure if it's complimentary for you. Michelangelo and Ken Hinckley on the same day. I need a Bex and a lay down. That's uh, Ethel from Ethelden. Well, sit back, Ethel. It'll be a big <laughs> afternoon. You'll for love you. it. The Reach has been on fire his first day back. Of course, Jared Healy and Kane Corns. Sports Day follows us at 5 p.m. Jordan Dawson and Ken Hinckley mm. will be on the show live. Here's another one, Roach, before we go to the break from Costa. Yep. Happy New Year, Costa. Gents, after what Australia did, sandpaper altering the ball, all this complaining about India over watering the pitch is embarrassing and hypocritical. It's like Port Power signing an agreement not to wear the prison bars and then asking to wear it. <laughs> Welcome back. Oh, the prison bars get a mention. Let's oh, show back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit of tongue in cheek. To, I think. Um, Jacob Surgeon, like you pointed out, the cricket keeps them off prospects, so they go to. Everton Oval, which is a great football venue mm. and has great football traditions, as we know from the time West Torrens was at home there. First thing I see when I get back to Adelaide, 
on because I live in that area. Mm-hmm. Sign on a fence, take our oval, keep our trees. The protest groups are out. Is it going to be challenging for Adelaide to get to Thebiton Oval, the Adelaide Football Club? Look, I know people get – it's a very emotive issue. Absolutely. I'll so be- the issue there was they, the local residents are taking issue with trees being cut off King's Reserve. I have no problem with crows taking Thebiton Oval, hmm. but are really becoming protective of King's Reserve. Often you have that uh, vocal minority yep. that make the most noise. Yep. I know a lot of people that live in the area, mm. and family that live in the area, and very close friends uh, that are all very supportive of. Well, one very close friend who's made a couple of million from living there, hasn't he? Ah, oh, the Rat Day. Uh, our good friends at McGain Real Estate. I yes. believe they will be back on board this year. Uh, Dobbo. I had a little holiday, working holiday with Dobbo, Mike Dobbin, and the team at McGain Real Estate. We went up to Hamilton Island, Rich. Nice. It's a little bit of business. Nice. And, and a lot of play. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they got a record price. Uh, they won't mind me saying a record price, thanks to McGain Real Estate. Well, I'll say it: the first two million dollar home in the Torrensville Thebiton Marland district. Yeah, and it's a beautiful home, so they're over the moon. That is and, an amazing figure. Yeah, yeah, they're very happy with it, and so so well done to the team at McGain Real Estate. You know, we poke a lot of fun at them. Uh, but Zoe you Ball do. and Dobbo, you, you do, do. <laughs> you do. Don't get gutless on me now. <laughs> you throw a few spears. Oh, yes, yeah, well. but uh, he can take them. No, he can. He can. And uh, yeah, the the two paid one. He got down there and actually did the work himself. So well done to Zoe and Mike. But anyway, back to the key question. We're going to have these protest groups. Yep. Now holding up Adelaide, and every hold up costs them money. How long is this going to take? get a definitive that they're going to Thebiton Oval. It doesn't matter what the development is anywhere in Adelaide. It happens all around the world. There are always going to be people that aren't happy. Common sense needs to prevail, and uh, mm. hopefully it will. But okay. that's just my view. Right. Someone says he's not biting today. Oh, that's you, Roach, in regards to, I think, yeah, it is, the uh, Port Power and the prison bars. Don't get him started, Costa. Yeah, don't get him started. All right, we're late for the 4.30 news. Uh, That's coming up now, and then we'll be joined by Rory Laird. Live across SEN, you're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Roach. 37 on a Monday afternoon, our first show back for 2023. Haven't had any major stuff-ups yet. Still troubled by the clock, aren't you? What one did I get wrong? Well, 3.30 news became the 3pm news. One goat, Roach. I know. I know. Just takes one mistake. People have forgotten about it, or maybe not even noticed it until people ring in saying I've been half hour late for meetings. All right. Hey, tomorrow we'll have a chat to Zachy Butters. Uh, He hasn't got back to us yet. We think he's late on the phone. Adelaide Redbacks. uh, Jason Gillespie might be joining us. Back to back wins. Talk uh, to Alex uh, Chidiak, one of the Matildas stars. Because they've got their Ooh, World Cup yes, campaign that's coming the up. Big event for South Australia and Australia this year. Talking of big events, yes, small in stature, right, but massive in so many other areas. Roach, yes. dual club champion Rory Laird joins us now. Hello, Lady. Hello, uh, boys. How are you? Not bad. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas and all the likes. Uh, good to speak to you again. Good to be back on. Now, yeah. Rory, big day today. Who were you going for? Philadelphia Eagles and uh, Kansas well, City Chiefs. Yeah, no, I had a, uh, I had a feeling that the Eagles were going to win, and yeah. uh, I was wrong again. So I went okay. against Mahomes. 
which I've got to stop doing, I think. So um, we got to watch a fair bit of it, but then in the end, I had to go and do some meetings and stuff and miss the last quarter. So I'm on my way home now, and I reckon I'll watch a quick replay of that. Apparently, it was pretty full on. Yeah, and I love your verdict on the holding call that sets up the win for the Kansas City Chiefs because everyone in the US is still arguing about it. (laughs) Yeah, I've seen a little bit, but I haven't seen the actual live thing, but you know, social media and Twitter's going off and uh, I guess that a lot of them are Eagles fans that, that aren't okay. too happy. So uh, I'll get back to you next week on that, Rich. All Look right, let's that. get into the big issues, though, and uh, we will get attend to your new love that we've been hearing about. We'll talk about that later, <laughs> just so you know it's coming, all right? You've got a, you've got a spring <laughs> in your step. Some people tell me you're a bit taller now. You're walking that tall. Uh, hey? I wish that was the case. Floating on cloud nine, I've heard. Uh, how's, this, how's the summer been? We haven't spoken to you for a couple of months. So did you get to go away? Yeah, the, the break was great. So I, uh, I had a buckshot in Bali, which I just survived. I actually got very, very sick from that. So I was meant to go to the Singapore F1s and I came down with um, oh, a mixture of Bali belly, some kind of other gastro, and then I got uh, influenza A. So I missed oh. that. And then, uh, yeah, so I won't go back to Bali anytime soon. Um, but then I, as you just alluded to, went with the lovely up to Noosa and Brisbane for a couple of nights, mm. and then um, and then she left, and uh, some of the guys came up, and we had a bit of a not a training camp, but just somewhere different to train and break up the off season. And I just hired an Airbnb, and some of the boys came up and uh, yeah, stayed for about ten nights. So um, it was a nice little break, and then um, two weeks back, we were, uh, two weeks later, I should say, we we're back into it. So. Here we are, um, four or five days from our first internal, so it's uh, it's gone pretty quick. You like that, Roach? Uh, he doesn't talk about the big five-year contract too often, but he just hired an Airbnb mm. for about you know twenty other months to stay. <laughs> you know? He's <laughs> throwing it around. Fair uh, player. All right, Goodness. we did have a uh, we did have a chat over over the break. Uh, you said this has been one of the better pre-seasons, personally, and for the health of the squad. Yeah, we're in a the, the squad at the moment's in a, a really good place. Um, we had a we had a quiet chat off air, and I sort of just touched over that we've got a pretty small um, you know injury list at the moment. A lot of guys uh, started off managed, but have able to come back in, and um, we've done a lot of match sim recently, which is fantastic. And um, we're able to do that because of the the um, training and the weights program, and um, you know how diligent all the guys were in training in groups and, and being able to come back and actually move forward and progress forward with some training drills instead of more running, which is, um, you know, um, great news for us to hear. Instead of running laps, we actually just do it in the drills. So um, in saying that, it's never easy. Bojo doesn't make it easy. Um, and uh, But in saying that, I think we've done a lot more matching this year. And, and as I sort of said to you, we've sort of worked on a few things we were, we were touching on last year on the show. And, um, yeah, the guys look really good. Uh, you mentioned a small injury list. Can you update us there? Who's on it? Uh, to be honest, Huey Bond, one of the first-year boys, um, he's just had a bit of soreness, um, but he's sort of integrating back in now. Uh, Nick Murray's sort of been in and out a little bit um, just recently, but before that has done all the training. I think it's more so the guys that had the long-term, as you know, you see Tommy Duda's, he's got the yep. cap on, um, he had a bit of a shoulder. Uh, same with Sloney. Sloney's pretty much back into full training now. So a lot of the guys would I say injury list, they're actually doing parts of training. So it's not like they're actually completely in rehab. So um, it's looking pretty strong at the moment. 
Rory, you have a new captain in Jordan Dawson, and we noted last year when he was added to the leadership group in season that clearly he was making an impression in his first year at the Adelaide Footy Club. Tell us what you've seen of Jordan Dawson that makes him the new captain of the Adelaide Football Club. Yeah, it's a, a really exciting time for the playing group and, um, you know, obviously for Geordie himself. And um, it's just, it's sort of hard to, I think you need to spend a bit of time with him just to see. Um, it's sort of, he, he said in an interview the other day that I read, he's, he's very passionate, but he's very level-headed at the same time and very calm. Um, you obviously see with his level of play, um, you know, the flexibility that he gives us, um, the way he sees the whole ground as a, as a footy player, as a super smart player, but in terms of the captaincy and the leadership and the off-field stuff, I think he, as you sort of said, you know, he came in into the leadership group during the year and you could just see how quickly he was able to integrate himself within the group and, and how well he sort of fit into that leadership role and um, you sort of see he's in that ripe age of, you know, 25, 26 and um, he's obviously excelling in the area. I'm not actually in the leadership group, so I can't comment too much on that. But um, if they're, you know, vouching for him and, and voting him and the playing group as well, are thinking that he's the man for the job, it's, it's a very exciting time for him. So um, I'm very excited to play under him. Now, I noted that you just said you're not in the leadership group. We've had a few texts about that. Key, do you want to explain why you're not? Is it just because you're all fun and no responsibility? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think um, I I do have a bit to do with the leadership group. It's just not the exact title. I think I am able to lead in other ways um, that doesn't necessarily put me in that exact group. Um, with our list at the moment, you see there's a, a huge gap between, you know, 21, 22 to 29. There's only about four or five players in it. And, um, I'm just recently 29 years old, so obviously a bit of experience under my belt in terms of games played as well. So... I think I can do the leadership qualities just without the title of actually being in the leadership group. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty uh, vocal out on the track and on the field. And, um, you know, I sort of see the game as I see it. And, um, you know, I'm happy to help out with anyone. So it's probably more behind-the-scenes stuff, we'll call it that. Beautifully answered, if not a little yeah. bit defensive. Um, <laughs> did, uh, what, did, the, enough, did, did the players vote for the captain? Did they have any say? Oh, I think there was a there was a feedback sort of given, which we actually, we actually haven't gone through. So I'm sort of mumbling my words. We haven't been through that extensively, but I think it was more so discussions within the leadership group, and um, I think more so the club itself. You know, the uh, the captains, the coaches, um, the board, uh, the holistic sort of approach to it. Um, and there's also ongoing discussions that have been touched on with with Sloaney and um, you know, in, in typical Sloane fashion, he goes, you know, he could do it, but for the betterness of the club and sort of the way the, the group is, he's um, you know happy to hand that over. And, and obviously he used to be a huge part of the leadership group and, uh, you know, a captain within himself, but just not with the title. So I think it was sort of a, yeah, as I said, holistic approach to the, uh, to the decision. Now, Rory, experience tells us you're not always in tune with when the meetings turn to AFL memos and agendas and emails, but what are they telling you? <laughs> about the famous stand rule and fake hand passes on the stand rule. <laughs> I was actually thinking as I was driving home, I reckon Roach is going to ask me something about the rules or something like that, and I would have no idea about how to answer it. But That's I why you're not in the leadership idea. group. That's why you're not in the leadership group. <laughs> I've, actually, I've actually got a semi-idea on it. You, you can't fake a handball and draw him off the mark and you get 50 for it. So that's sort of the uh, the change from it, I'm pretty sure. You reckon you'll cope with it? That's it. 
Uh, yeah, I think I'm pretty diligent on the Marbridge. Very good. Gave away a few 50s last year. Um, Texas come through for you, big man. Ask Rory which recruits will start in round one, if any, and is Jackson Hately finally going to get a crack as a big inside midfielder? Yeah, good question. I think uh, Isaac Rankin is is looking pretty smooth. Um, he's been playing a bit up through the midfield and, and up forward. Um Surprisingly fit. I didn't. I didn't really see that side of him. Um, like mm-hmm. in terms of that, well, you obviously going to be somewhat fit, but his endurance is, you know, top tier. Like he can cover the ground really well. Um, Tyler Brown's another one that's actually caught the eye. He's come in yeah. and he's actually bigger than I thought. He's sort of the same size as Jacko, and and they've sort of been going toe to toe. And I've, I've played on Tyler Brown a little bit. We had a bit of a match in last week, and he's pretty quick off the mark. So. Um, you know, watch him in the uh, in the trial games. I reckon he's got a bit of uh, bit of zip to him around the stoppage. And um, yeah, Jackson Hartley's had a, f- a flawless preseason. He's um, sort of had some ongoing issues the back half of last year with some of his grinds and, and earlier the year before. But um, yeah, he's been he's been training really consistently, and um, I'm sure there's a, a lot of um, you know vying for that position in the midfield. I'm hearing some positives about young Max Michelani. Yeah, he is a he's just a. A good footy player. Can I just put it like that? He's sort of just... He seems to be in the right position. Um, not overly big for the position. Um, obviously, first-year player. Hasn't really developed into the you know, the body after you know a couple of years in the gym. But holds his own against some of the big boys. Uh, he somehow gets a hand into it. He's one of those kind of defenders. Like, there's just no way he gets it done. And then the ball's on the ground and he's got the ball. He's just super smart. Um, quicker than you think. Um, just an all-round, just footy player knows where to go and how to play the game. So um, he's a uh, pretty exciting prospect. Round one or not? I think he'd be he'd be very very close to the way he's going. I think if he if he plays well in um, sort of some of the trials, I would not see why not. Rory, you go back to your sample home of Richmond Oval on Friday, the first trial game that everyone can go and see of the Adelaide Football Club this year. What's the yep. format? Do you know what sort of format you're going to put on with this trial game? Uh, well, I know, yeah, it's open to the public. Everyone could come and watch. I dare say it would be, oh, I'm taking a guess here, Rich. What we've been doing is pretty much 20-minute quarters of time on. So I don't know whether that would be the go or they play like a full AFL match sort of set up. But um, I think you see some guys swap teams, um, sort of look at some guys in different positions, different sort of matchups, and uh, get a feel for sort of um, working together, whether that's, you know, looking towards round one and that team or they're going to, you know, switch it up, you know, halfway. So I don't know too much. All I know is I'm pretty excited to uh, actually play a proper game and, instead of, you know, drills and, and running up yep. and down the oval yep. and laps. Yep. So it should be good. I'm presuming you still want to be in the midfield? Yeah, I can just, I might, if I need to, take a rest out the goal square or something, go forward, maybe uh, post <laughs> up. Um, couple of texts you out of the way, Fog. So I can, I'll, I'll keep moving away from the back line, I reckon. Hey, what about the fog? The penny dropped. A lot of people were losing patience, but he's only a young kid, and, uh, gee, he looked all footballer in the second half of the year. Yeah, some of the stuff is, is pretty impressive. I think you see a lot of these times um, across the competition in um, early draft picks, especially tall forwards, that uh, sort of take a bit of time to click, and you see a glimpse here and there of what he's doing over the past couple of years, and then the, the consistency of the back half of last year has completely transferred into this summer. Um, you sort of said the penny's dropped. I think he sort of had an idea and then he sort of... Oh, I did the same thing. You, you work out what works for you and what makes you feel good going into a game day, preparation and recovery. And I'm not saying he was ever 
about it, but it takes a bit of time to learn what works for him. And um, some of the stuff you see him doing, you're like, I'm not sure how you'd, you'd even defend that. He's just so powerful and strong. And um, if he can pick up from where he was last year, it'd be a serious um, force to be reckoned with for us up there alongside Tex. Rory, a couple of big list management issues emerged over the summer. Fisher Mackesy walking away from AFL. Paul Seedsman with the concussion issues going onto the inactive list. Can you give us an update on where Paul is at at the moment? Have you kept in touch with Fisher Mackesy also? Yeah, so Paul um, obviously sat out, was going to sit out for the year. Um, obviously, long term health with him. I, I did a press conference uh, a couple of weeks ago just in terms of touching on where he's at and, you know, he's looking at the point of where he started to come back and do some training and then went backwards and it got worse and then sort of progressed back into it. And I think it's more so him, um, you know, working with the physios and our docs and he's been through a specialist in Melbourne and, um, you know, looking across the country and just to actually get some, um, you know, routine and, and some normal kind of routine, I guess, to say, um, back into his life without, you know, going backwards as, as you know, his health and, you know, the headaches that he gets. So um, I think he's pretty long-term health. I know his partner's pregnant at the moment. I should say wife, sorry. So I think he's he's tossing up that. Um, not saying that he's um, completely looking straight down that avenue, but I dare say you see with these uh, concussions, if they prolong for any longer, it can can lead to that decision. And then um, Fisher Maxey was another one. Yeah, he, he obviously went back home for a while. The club uh, completely supported him through that decision and, he took some time away and realised that he wasn't, you know, completely bought into it, um, didn't enjoy it. Um, so it's a pretty courageous decision for him to sort of make that and go, nah, hey, I'm, I'm 20 years old, I'm 21 years old, you know, high draft pick, and um, says that's just not it for him. So, uh, yeah, I think the club were really good with that. They um, let him, you know, go home with family, spend time with them, um, take as much time as he needs. But in the end, that was the decision he made. So... Uh, I think some of the guys at the club sort of keep in contact with him. But, uh, yeah, I hope for all the best for him and um, hopefully he gets back to playing some kind of footy. You notice he said uh, some of the guys keep in touch, but he doesn't. This is why he's not in the leadership group, Roach. Um, plus, he's been very busy over the summer with the new love. We've got a minute and a half to go. Are you allowed to tell us her name and where did you meet? Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so new partner's Ellie. Uh, she's a lovely lady. She's a nurse. Um so she, she goes to work and looks after everyone else and then has to look after me as well. I don't know what uh, ties her out more. So, um, yeah, I met her uh, about a year ago now, I reckon. It's, it's gone pretty quick, but I've uh, been official for about six months. So uh, I'm sure I'll be uh, being asked a few questions by you over this uh, the course of this year, uh, Kimbo. So uh, I'll right keep you in, in touch yeah. with you. Yeah. You're a little bit sneaky. Well, it's gone very well. Very well. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to vacate the studio. Kane Corns has just walked in uh, for Sports Day with Jared Healy. Jordan Dawson will be on the show if you want to keep listening, Laddie, and uh, Kenny Hinkley will be on as well. Glad the pre-season's gone great, uh, and we are wrapped to have you back with the station for the whole of 2023. And we've helped you drive from West Lakes all the way to Arnley. You must nearly be home. I am nearly home, boys. It's, uh, it's a nice time when I can just uh, occupy myself on the way home speaking to you lovely chaps. But uh, it's great to be back on, and I'm uh, looking forward to our next chat.
Good on you, lady. We love well you. Done, there he is. So they've had a good pre-season. I know they think that they genuinely can make the top eight this year. Ooh. So they need to get off to a good start. That's a big bit of progress for them. Yeah, Reach, we've got to get off in 40 seconds. That's the new time. Sports Day follows, as I mentioned. Jared Healy, Kane Corns, big show coming up. Jordan Dawson and Ken Hinckley. Tomorrow we'll be joined by Zachy Butters, uh, Jason Gillespie, hopefully, and Matilda star Alex Chidiak. First show back, Roach, went pretty smoothly. Indeed it did. No breakdowns, which is always good. Yeah, thank you for all the texts. A lot of good ones coming through. Kim and Michelangelo, welcome back for 2023. Great to have Mark Bickley as part of the team yep. as well. That's from Jason. We'll do it all again tomorrow. Uru. Good night, everyone.